Attack and dominate. It is a new week on the podcast daily. Happy Monday from Bill Landis and me, Austin Warren. What an interesting voice at the end of that video in the middle of last week, wasn't it, Bill? Am I going to have to pretend to be Schlegel on this video? Because yeah. I don't, ha- I don't have that kind of juice. Like I just want to get that out there now. That's not me. Yes, you do. <laughs> Hydrate. Oh, get some, you know, shin angles. Make sure you're going forward. You know, hydrate again. All gas, no brakes. Gas station ready. You know, you got. You can check them all off. I can, I do. I know the taglines for sure, oh, but okay. I can't. I can't. I can't do them justice. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the uh, winter workouts and the start of that last week on Wednesday. Berm and I did that show, and it was you know some of some of his picks and a couple of mine of of dudes that were transforming and what we thought you know some guys who were maybe the most intriguing to us. And Bill missed out on the fun. Now we did hint that maybe Anthony Schlegel would be returning to take part in that with Ohio State um, uh, in a in a staffer role. He's not uh, full time permanently around. Not not sure the exact wording that Ohio State is using here, but they're bringing they are bringing somebody back into the fold here to help bring some of these results. And I do, since we hinted at it, Bill, I do think that having somebody with his mentality with his passion, with his energy after a couple or, you know, a, a stint there in the NFL and running a shop there with Jacksonville. Uh, we all remember, you know, him being on the sideline and then Nebraska tackled what was that gosh, almost uh, 12 years ago now. It's a long time ago. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Um, but this seems like a pretty, pretty obvious positive move in my mind. Yeah. And I, and I honestly felt, sort of inevitable to me and, and not that like Schlegel was going to come back and be a full-time guy but just like a part of the program again I think in some capacity if if opportunity allowed um, and I think it's good for Ohio State like it's obviously Anthony Schlegel has familiarity familiarity excuse me with Mickey Marotti's strength program but, but even then it still feels like some fresh eyes there like he's been away from a little while he has the NFL experience um so I think it's good to like kind of go away, come back, maybe you get some different perspective, learn some different things um, that can be helpful for Ohio State. Obviously, you like his juice in the program, like you like you like his energy around Ohio State's players as, as much as possible. And like this might sound a little corny and, and cliche, I suppose, but at a time when Ohio State is you know desperately trying to get back on the right side of, of the rivalry with Michigan. I don't think it's ever a bad thing to have former Buckeyes in the building um, in whatever capacity you can do it. So obviously they have a few on the coaching staff, and I think that's really helpful. Um, there's former players around all the time, and, and now you have another uh, with with Schlegs. And, and, you know, Lord knows he wants to beat Michigan as bad as anybody too. So I, I think uh, I think it's really good for Ohio State um, from a lot of different angles to have somebody like that back in the program, and whatever, even if it's on a part-time capacity. Yeah, I remember talking, you know, with him, on the podcast daily after the loss to Michigan and like how much it was still hurting him to watch. And a couple of days later, not wanting to think about it and the recovery process for him. And he's like, you know, what can you do to help support the program? Like you're, you're sitting on the couch in Florida or, you know, coming up occasionally or, or talking with Bobby Carpenter or top talking with me, you know, he's get, he's always giving back to the program in various ways, but this is a more, there's an opportunity to do it more directly. Like he can now say, well, what is Anthony Schlegel doing to help beat Michigan? Well, he's 
in winter workouts. He's in mat drills. He's pushing these guys to compete. And you you could hear some of those buzzwords there in one of those uh, off-season videos that Ohio State posted last week. Uh, they're getting started on that. And we rattled through a few of those guys, Bill. I'm sure that you would probably echo a few of the names that Berm and I mentioned last week. But who did we leave out? Who, who's got your eye over the, the coming six weeks before spring ball starts? Yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're on we're on the same page with a lot of guys. Um, one that is, and actually, I can't remember if you guys talked about him or not, but 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 he is sort of front of mind for me is is Sonny Styles only because like I want to see what that weight number is like when we get the updated spring roster because I I think he played at like two thirty last year and I think earlier in the program he was like in the two twenties and if that's a number that we see start creeping up toward. 240 that i think that's a sign that maybe he's being at least considered to move down closer to the line of scrimmage like i think we know that it's been a bit of a struggle for him to to stay i think at the weight you need to stay at to be a safety in college football or at least play a deep safety in college football certainly in the nfl and sonny's just got a really big frame and, and i think has just been been destined to play a little bigger probably than he has played at ohio state and you know, you go through winter workouts, and I think you're aware of that, and you try to do things where, like, guys are getting the work in that they need, but try to keep that number down if you're going to play a, a position that requires you to be a little little leaner, I guess. Um, and if that number gets higher, then 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 I think it's 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 another, I don't know, hint or a, 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 a talking point for the agenda, I guess, if you're, if you're someone who thinks that, that Sonny um, should be playing linebacker. So... That's I, I try not to get too caught up in like, oh, this guy's weight went up, this guy's weight went down, whatever. But um, I think that one would actually be telling if it like kind of stays the same or if it ticks up a little bit. Um, that actually might mean mean something in terms of like positional usage. I wouldn't ever pretend to be an expert on the strength and conditioning, you know, field science, uh, the ideal body weight for these guys to play at, but I I do know that. Like right now, if Sonny Styles le- even smells a French fry, he's going to go up to 250 pounds, <laughs> let alone eats it. I mean, he's he has been working to keep that weight r- really down. I mean, I just don't, I don't think with the potential for him to grow into that body type that he has, the work ethic that he has as well, the height that he has, it, I, I don't think he can remain down in that 230 range i don't i don't think that he will and i I guess it doesn't necessarily preclude him from playing safety moving forward could do that i I don't i don't know exactly how it would look you can't you're probably not going to be a freewheeling center fielder if you get up to close to 250 or or more and and i don't know what neither of us know for sure what it's going to look like over the the next six weeks but i do think that they're has been a lot of conversation about letting him whatever happens with his physical development let that happen and then make a decision and that maybe there's more momentum for that to be at linebacker we keep talking about it a lot probably too much yeah uh, when you factor in the Caleb Downs part of that too that also is a you know a factor here for what that means for his future position but i do think that you're right that by the first week in march we're going to have a, a, a more clear picture, uh, a more clear picture of where he should be based on what happens for him in the weight room, in on the mats, everything else, 
as Ohio State decides what it thinks is best for him physically. Yeah, it's, it's, it just feels to me sort of like, uh, I don't know, like I, this, I think typically this has a pejorative connotation, but in this sense, I don't mean it that way, but like kind of like letting nature take its course a little bit, like <laughs> su- sunny and, and, be, and that's just based off like stuff that Sonny has said, like he, he understands that he is, I think, destined to be a little bit bigger than he is currently. And it doesn't mean he's going to be less of an athlete or slower or whatever. It just means he's going to have all those really exciting traits and, and a little bit of a, of a bigger um, frame, I guess. Um, and like, he wouldn't be the first guy to like fight against that, I guess, to try to play a different position. It, it'll depend on, I guess, on where Ohio State feels like it needs him most. And you're right. We probably, we probably do talk about him playing linebacker too much for something that's, you know, one that happened to like, there's been some discussion, but not a ton, certainly not a ton, like publicly aside from us kind of theorizing on things. Like I, I think Sonny was asked by Doug last year. I can't remember if it was during the spring or, or, or the season, but he was open to the idea. Cause I, I think he understands that, that probably that is going to happen for him one way, shape or form, whether that's Ohio state or in the NFL, he's probably going to be a guy who just plays closer to the line of scrimmage. Doesn't, doesn't have to be in his junior year of college, which should be his sophomore year of college, I suppose. Um, but it is going to happen. So whether or not Ohio State is like embracing that now or, or still trying to keep him as a safety, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, he can be effective, I think, at either spot, depending on where they think they need him, where the strengths and weaknesses are. But that'll be – it's just a, it's a guy that I'm going to be hyper-focused on. It's not like he needs to get – some of these guys you want to look at him like, are you going to get bigger, stronger, faster? Are you going to look like somebody who's ready to play? It's like clearly Sonny's ready to play. It's mm-hmm. just like Sonny at – Six five two twenty five and Sunny at six five two thirty nine is like a very different proposition. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where he lands coming out of these winter workouts. Are we contractually obligated to talk about CJ Hicks after we talk about Sunny Styles? It feels like that's the only way this works. They do they do seem to travel in pairs. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like I better bit around CJ Hicks enough to know that like it doesn't he doesn't really look like he needs a touch of weight <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like he looks like he's in pretty good shape. Um, he always I, has as well. That man yeah. is a physical specimen. Yeah, he was college ready in, in high school. It seemed like. Um, I I don't know. I I think like as Ohio State starts putting more of this stuff out and we get to see a little bit behind the curtain of what they're doing during winter workouts. It's it's less for me like with a guy like CJ Hicks about what he looks like or like how he's progressing physically and maybe more about the, the role he has there. Like, are they, are they featuring him more when they're showing some of these clips? Do you hear him vocalizing himself more in in these workouts? And and I think obviously this time of year is very important for the physical development of players, but, but I, it's, I think we all know that it's probably equally as important for, carving out leadership roles, figuring out who's going to be captains, figuring out who's, you know, who's not afraid to kind of lead their groups and, you know, hold guys accountable. And maybe for a guy like CJ, that's difficult because he hasn't still hasn't played a ton relatively, but everyone's expecting him to step up into a larger role on the field. Um, And I'm wondering like, if that's, if that's in any way, like showing up kind of off, off the field, so to speak, although they do do their workouts on the field Um, (laughs) during this, during this winter, Trent, during this winter period, like is he is he kind of taking the opportunity by the horns here, and and you know not only trying to become a better player and a guy who's going to play more this year, but a guy who can um, be a little bit more of an emotional leader for this team? Because I mean, there's not there's plenty of veterans, right? Maybe, maybe that means it'll be difficult for a guy who hasn't played a lot to do it. 
But at the same time, there's a lot, there does feel like there's a little bit of a void there that guys could step up to to fill when, like, you don't have Tommy Eichenberg anymore and you don't have, you know, Josh Proctor's not back there. And on the offensive side, you don't have Cade Stover. Like, there, there are obvious candidates I think we could all pick to step up there. But why, why couldn't it be someone like CJ Hicks, who's maybe a little more off the radar in that regard? So that, that's, that's more what I'm curious about with him this time of year than I am, like, you know, are you, are you benching more than you did last year? Yeah. No. I mean, I forced you to talk about him by bringing him up, so it's not like uh, he counts on your list. I, I, I would put him personally in that bucket of guys like March and April are going to be more important for him than January and February. I, he, yep. when you step on the field, when he steps off the bus, there's never been that issue. Does CJ Hicks have the physical tools to play at a high level and be a, a starting caliber All Big Ten? athlete performer at linebacker i think we've all seen that for him i think some of the things that you and berm have talked about are you know put him on the field and let him get those reps so that you don't fall behind in the learning curve or you can speed up the learning curve however that works out for this particular case and i think those two reps in the cotton bowl fair or unfair probably unfair are burned in my mind it's not that he couldn't go out and make a tackle or blitz the quarterback. I thought he should on the second play where he got kind of lost on on the scramble there. Uh, That's the stuff that's going to have to come with seeing and understanding the game and feeling it and being in it. And it's, it's an age old coaching catch 22. Like you have to earn some of that stuff in practice before you get to do it in the game. I understand that fully you're in this world now where it's like, it it also seems unfair to say that it's make or break and and it's certainly not now or never but it feels like that urgency has got to be there more in year 3 because you you, you wouldn't expect to wait forever and i don't think a lot of people thought that CJ Hicks would be a four-year player for Ohio State and maybe he won't be we'll see how that transpires but a lot of that is going to have to come for him in scrimmage situations yep. in a in these saturday you know higher higher leverage reps that are going to come throughout March and April and not so much right now. Yeah. He just needs to play more football. Like he just, he hasn't played, he hasn't played a lot. Like not even last year. I mean, he played more than he did as a freshman because he did, he played none as a freshman other than special teams. Um, But, but even last year did not look how I thought it would look for him in terms of, of rep count. And it's not, I wasn't necessarily on alert for him to like, force a rotation or, or certainly take a starting job for anybody. But I wasn't dismissive of the idea either because he was such a highly rated recruit and clearly has a ton of athleticism and didn't really come close to that. It was Cody Simon who did that and good for Cody Simon. Um, but now, yeah, now, now it's, it feels like kind of do or die time. And, and I don't, I don't mean to do, I don't mean to be like too, uh, too doom and gloom about that. Like it's doesn't mean that, if CJ Hicks is an all American as, as a third year that he's a failure, but, but he's got to show that he's ready to play now. And I think that has been difficult for him because he's had limited opportunities. I, I wonder, I wonder if some of the less than stellar snaps we've seen from him are a byproduct of him perhaps trying to make too much of the opportunities that he's getting because he's not getting that many. And you maybe attend the press a little bit. So if he can be a little more comfortable with that in, in March and April, then, then maybe that brings out a higher level of play. But I, but I do think you're right. I, I think he's more of a of an actual like those 15 practices kind of guy than he is um, 
what's going on like this time of year kind of guy. Sure. All right. Who else without me leading you into another conversation? Yeah, no, no. I mean, CJ Hicks is worth talking about. So I'm glad we talked about it. Um, this is, this is very much off the radar, I think, and not super important necessarily to 2024, Ooh. Ooh, but okay. I do, I do find myself very interested in Josh Padilla, uh, who, who I like when Ohio state signed him, viewed him as the center of the future, I think. And obviously that position and its outlook for this year and beyond has changed a little bit with uh, Carson Hinsman kind of being sat down from the starting job in the cotton bowl. And they bring in Seth McLaughlin, who we think is going to start at center this year. And I'm, I don't know this. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that if he's a starting center, that no matter how it shakes out, Carson Hinsman's probably still your backup center, but, is there an opportunity for Josh Padilla to really push for that? Like how, I guess, how far along is he in his physical development? Um, and then, and I guess like, you know, how close is he then to fulfilling these projections that Ohio state had for him? Because when they signed him, you know, he was a little bit of an undersized guy, but, but, you know, fairly highly rated for, you know, an interior lineman from Ohio is a decent recruiting pedigree. He's got the, the toughness you expect, out of an Ohio lineman who was also a high level wrestler. Like I, I love that kind of player, but he's also, you know, he wasn't going to play center at Ohio state at 270 pounds either. So he's, he's got to get bigger. And I think, I think in the roster right now, which is still weights from last year, um, he's listed at six, three, two ninety three. Like that's, that's probably, that's closer to where you need to be. It's probably not quite there just yet. Um, so like his physical development, I think, I think is interesting. If only to set the table a little bit for like the offensive line moving forward, beyond this year but also maybe to give us a little idea of how the depth chart might shake out like if if josh Padilla has a really good winter really good spring then i i suppose he could be the number two center going into the 2024 season there i mean aside from carson hensman there's not really another obvious candidate there, there are interior linemen who you can teach the snap but um in terms of guys that we know ohio state signed with the intention of playing center it's really only carson hensman and, and, and josh Padilla. And and it seems like Carson Hinsman is transitioning out of that. And Josh Padilla is like, I, I, I would assume on track to this point, based off some stuff we've heard about, about you know, how much people in the program like him. Um, but this is a time for him to make a jump now. He, he's going into a sophomore year. He's going into a full off season of, of winter workouts and spring ball with an understanding of what it means now to be a college football player. And, and I think that's a time when guys can make pretty big jumps. So um, he's definitely a guy I'm going to have my eye on in the spring, but like now, now I actually think it's a really important time of year for him to, to start making some gains. Yeah, that is an intriguing one. And and you're right. There was a ton of growing conversation as the season progressed, uh, thinking even late October into November, like, Ohio State was very encouraged by what they were seeing in practice. Not enough that it was like he was in position that he could have been considered for one of the swaps late in the year or in the Cotton Bowl. Not yeah. to that extent, but certainly uh, raising the bar for what to expect from him in the future. I think that that also makes Carson Hensman pretty interesting to watch over the next six weeks. And and what do his practices look like when you get back into March and April for Ohio State? Because we've we've talked about him and some of the struggles practice struggles game struggles all of that that you saw happening late in that first year in the starting lineup and a little bit uh of regression i, I didn't feel to me bill maybe maybe you disagree september I, I just and obviously the level of competition is a little different but even against Notre dame it didn't feel like well I, gosh carson hensman's just like 
getting overwhelmed. It's never going to happen. It didn't feel to me at the time like it was going to be a problem. And uh, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to say that he can't overcome that. I understand how difficult it is to go out and, out and do that job, handle those responsibilities for the first time. It's, you're not going to be perfect. Uh, I, I'm not trying to hold him to that standard, but he, how will he respond to that challenge is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, you have th- these opportunities to continue to develop your, physically, and I think that that's important uh, for the position he's played. And he did not – it looked very similar to that first year in the starting lineup for Luke Whipple. It's like you can see that it's going to be there, but it's not quite – you're not quite at that weight, that strength, uh, that knowledge, that fundamental technique and all that stuff that you you need – to play center, it's just too early for that. Uh, but he can he can fine tune all those things and go back sure. and battle with with Seth McLaughlin or battle with Josh Padilla and and get back out there. He has still got a year of starting experience under his belt. Um, obviously, the roster competition looks different now than it did in December, but I, I do think that that is well worth watching because. There's enough good stuff from year one that you don't have to just say that's it. It's never going to happen and throw throw all that away. The potential's still in there, and you actually have a pretty solid foundation to build on, all things considered. Yeah, I I don't disagree with any of that. I I think I think it's clear at this point, with the benefit of hindsight, that he was just probably playing a year too early. Like, and and he went into it really green. Like he he didn't play the year before. Like he didn't even get like a you know four games of a handful of snaps before snapping the ball for the first time uh, in that in that season opener last year against Indiana. So um, I guess the thing you're hopeful of is is that he didn't develop like too many bad habits in the course of, of having some struggles throughout the, the latter part of the season. And even if he did, like, I, th- I think you can overcome them. You can work with Justin Fry and Mike Seleni and, and, and try to get back on track with those kind of things. My, my biggest thing watching Carson last year, I felt like when he did struggle was just didn't really seem like he was strong enough or, or consistently had the strength required to be a really good center, you know, snap after snap, game after game. Um, so I've, and that obviously points you back to this time of year when when you can work on those kind of things. So um, I certainly wasn't trying to skip over him mm-hmm. by mentioning Josh Padilla. That, that's for sure. I, I think you're right that Carson Hinsman has an opportunity to I, I don't know make, make offensive line more interesting. I, I, I still I think it's already the most interesting position group you know, in, in the off season because of what needs to get sorted out, especially on the right side of the line. But, but Carson Hinsman, I think is part of that conversation. And, you know, I don't know if he is a really good winter and spring, you're like, you know what? He wasn't that good last year, but we feel like he's really ready to take that step now. And we think that step is still at center. And we think that's still his future. Maybe you do play him at center and Seth McLaughlin plays guard. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think anything's really written in stone there other than, Donovan Jackson playing left guard and Josh Simmons playing left tackle. I, I think you have to keep an open mind and because you weren't good enough last year on the offensive line by and large. So um, if a guy like Carson Hinsman makes it, makes a jump, if I, I think, I mean, everybody like Tegra Shabola is, is worth watching this time of year. Luke Montgomery is worth watching this time of year. Um, even, you know, even Seth McLaughlin, who's a veteran player, who's not necessarily looking to, Make make tremendous physical gains. He's probably just looking to maintain and, and fine tune some things. Um, he's probably feeling a little bit of a, or I guess you would hope anyway that he feels a push from from those kind of guys. Like it, it needs to be as competitive as possible, and that's not only when spring practice starts in a couple of weeks of March. 
that that happens now. I, I think I would hope that for Ohio State's sake, all of those guys on the offensive line are pushing each other, and that you know when when the dust settles, Ohio State feels like it has three, four, five viable candidates to to be starters because it certainly didn't feel that way last year. Mm-hmm. We're one year removed from that, guys, and we're experienced. Some of these guys have actual you know starts and, and meaningful playing time under their belt, so so it should all be better. Um, how it all shakes out, I'm, I'm not sure. Like and we'll, we'll talk about it a lot, I think, throughout the course of spring, but. Um, that is a that is a position and like competition for starting spots. I think that that starts now. You don't necessarily have to wait for that to happen in, in, until spring ball starts. Yeah, well said. Give me one more. One more. Um, I don't. There's a couple I could pick. Like I'm interested in in just kind of like seeing how Joshua Mickens or Josh Mickens, I think he prefers, go, comes out of winter conditioning because you saw him with the defensive ends last year like he looks like a cornerback <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> i don't know what you're gonna do with him um so he's one like again maybe that's not a necessarily a 2024 proposition but um i, I they need guys to kind of rise up and, and continue to develop obviously behind jt and jack at defensive end and if they're going to entertain the idea of the hybrid position more moving forward. Um, not, not that Josh Mickens will be at the front of that list, but, but he's part of the conversation, I think, or at least a, you know, a guy you consider in that role for the future. And I would, you know, he didn't, he didn't look much like a defensive lineman last year. He's just got kind of a unique build. He's really long, but he's also like kind of skinny and looks more like a, a linebacker or defensive back than he does necessarily a defensive end. But I've also seen guys like that come through Ohio State's program, go through one year of weight training, and then you see him the next time out in the spring ball. Like, oh, yeah, he is a defensive lineman. So <laughs> um, I think he'll be an interesting guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the the best example of that. Like someone like Jalen Holmes comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's tall, and he's got pterodactyl arms, but is he going to put on some weight? And then, oh, Okay, three months later, he weighs two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Okay, yeah, and then then two eight, like oh, yeah. Well, that's what they were looking for. Yeah, that that connected. I got you. That yeah, you see that uh, with Ohio State a good amount. Must mean that they're doing something in those uh, videos and in those photos in the weight room. They're pretty productive time and a pretty important time of year for Ohio State. They're deep into it, so we had to we had to come back and talk a little bit more about some guys who are going to need to make the most of that. So. I think we could probably like keep doing the series and get through all 85 and talk about them, but yeah, just name we, the whole roster. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just name the whole roster. Like they're all going to do something uh, building up till spring ball. I, I can't really believe now that like January has flown by uh, the last week of the month and we're spilling over into February. And before you know it, uh, spring football will be here. So no matter what, we'll be talking about the Buckeyes and everything they do. And we'll keep doing that all year round. Thanks for joining us on the podcast daily for Bill Landis. I am Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later.